Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Azband, our daf of the day, Masachet Psachim, daf kuf, page 100. So, Purim and Shushan Purim and Purim Shulash are finally over in Jerusalem, and we discover, I discovered that, Yerdena, I'm sure you did as well, that our daf actually is connected, or can, you know could be connected, to some of the halachot that pertain to Purim, specifically this year, and we have one of your Dana, one of your Nisei Nistar. Uh, we have a citation here from the Megillat Esther. So, um, as I was preparing this, it was still Purim in Jerusalem, and I felt like, well, that's just perfectly apt. Uh, here's the question: We've got, uh, you know, if you'll recall, the the mission of the mission that we began with is about making sure to not um, to not eat too late in the day, right? Because you're going to end up, you have to have an appetite for your matzah when you come to the Leil HaSeder. And the question is, of course, why is this only for Pesach? Why is it relevant for Shabbos or for any other Chag? And the Machlok, it seems to be, well, shouldn't it be for any other Chag except for this Dat Yachid that said otherwise? So this is exactly the position here between Rabbi Huda and others. And Rabbi Yossi, which is exactly, you know, this question of of to what extent um, can you you know, lead, can you, can you have proximity between a, a Friday afternoon meal or an Arab Yantif meal into Yantif? So the question is as follows. Uh, I'm sorry, though we have a, the statement is with regard to this question of interruption, they have a machloket. And the Gemara says that when the halacha is in accord with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, right? Miklal de plige bahafsaka, then we can understand that they, our, their disagreement is about whether you would interrupt your meal that you're already participating in when it comes to be that time that now it's going to be candlelighting and it's going to be shkia and it's going to be time to make kiddish and you know on Leil HaSeder it's going to be all of the everything from Seder right when do you can you do you stop do you, do you interrupt do you carry on as you were so the Gemara here says Detanya Mafsikin Shabbatot. So there's this brayta that says that indeed, if they were eating, if people were eating on Arab Shabbat, they interrupt for Shabbatot. What does that mean? They interrupt. They interrupt their meal. They clear the table. They dive in marv. They say kiddush, and then they continue the meal. Meaning the food itself is not the issue. It's the ceremony surrounding it. Why do I say this is potentially connected to Purim? Well, if you were in, not in Jerusalem and you had a Purim Suda, you had the big festive meal of Purim on Friday. Some people do this, where you could have it. Friday afternoon and lead that same meal into the Shabbat meal, the Friday night meal. And what do you do? So this is exactly the the policy of what you would do. Stop, start, you know, stop, dab and continue. And then once you have in mind to continue the fact that you haven't, you know, the benching and, and it gets complicated, right? Do you bench for Purim? Do you bench for Shabbos? Um, I, we're not going to unpask in here in any case, but that's, that becomes the case of interruption. But Rabbi Yossi says, Ain mafsikin. So Rabbi Huda says you should interrupt. And Rabbi Yossi says, you don't interrupt your meal. So then the Gemara continues. And it's got another breita, right? Rather, it kind of, instead of delving into the, the machloket here in a straightforward analytical way, it brings us a story. So we've got this story with Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi, and they were all eating, reclining, and eating together in Akko on Friday afternoon. 
וקדש עליהם היום. And then it came to be Shabbos, right? It became the time of Shabbat, which means that the day was sanctified for them. Amar le Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Yossi, Berebi, Ritzoncha, Nafsik. So Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says to Rabbi Yossi, hello, meaning Berebi, which is an honorific here, right? You, uh, don't you want us to interrupt Ritzoncha? Uh, Nafsik, according to your will, we should stop. And shouldn't we be concerned about the position of Rabbi Yehuda, who says that, of course, you would have to interrupt and then do all this ritual and then continue the meal. This is all the time you pay attention to what I have to say over and above that, which Rabbi Yehuda says, why, you know, why are you now concerned so much for his view. Like, now when we have an actual machloket, you're going to prize his words before mine? And here's the, the verse from Esther. Now, this verse is from chapter 7, and the translation is, will he even force the queen before me in the house? It's when Achashverosh uh, beholds Haman kind of falling upon Esther, and thinks, you know, is he even going after my wife in my own house? This um, affront of Rabbi Yossi, the idea that Rabbi Yehuda's position would be more worthwhile than his own when he's sitting right there uh, is, um, is presented in a very sophisticated, dramatic fashion with this citation, which, of course, everybody there would have recognized, you know. Uh, so Rabbi Shimon says to him, Amarlai, Okay, so let's not interrupt. So, meaning we don't have to worry about, you know, if we if displaying, if we're worried that being um, concerned for Yehuda's position will be looked upon by the students, that it's the psak halacha, then we better not interrupt, right? Because clearly they have a machloket here. Lest they establish from it halacha which I find to be a very interesting concern that the rabbis themselves were aware of the fact that their behavior could be regarded as as a way of conduct that the students would see it and say this is what we must do so the concern leads to saying let us not interrupt lest they think that that is what we must do and at the end of the day they did not move until everybody established the halacha in accord with Rabbi Yossi, that you do not need to interrupt your meal on Arab Shabbat into Chag. Um, or, I'm sorry, your Friday meal into Shabbos or, or Yantif. And I find this interesting because, as I said, you know, people have been establishing Purim Suda into Friday night meal with ceremony, but it may be a little bit different because it's not just a matter of Tosefet Shabbos. You're talking there about really a very different um, characteristic of the meal in that a Purim Suda and a Friday night dinner are halachically different in terms of benching and so on. So I don't want to delve too much into it. I really just like the the timing of the fact that this becomes an issue um, as I'm, you know, you know, we're recording this the day before you're all listening to it, and I'm just coming out of Shushan Purim, Mishulash. It's been a long time. Yeah. And I, you know, I think the great, I loved it when I saw that on the DAF and I was like, oh, it's our nice star. We'll definitely have to talk about it. But, you know, this end here of like, lo zazumisham adshe kavu halacha karabiyosi, right? The idea that they really needed to make clear what the correct halacha was. 
even though they were a friend of Rabbi Yehuda, you know, particularly when it comes to mealtime, I feel like we see a lot of the customs or the halachot, I should actually say that we learn at meals, always are centered around actually emulating what people are doing. Um, and, you know, here we have like a classic example of that. And, you know, sort of this idea of wanting to give the respect to the people who are with you at the meal and understand like, oh, they may do something different with you from a halachic standpoint and being comfortable with them doing that in front of you, first of all, is like a tolerance that we really don't see in many circles today, but then at the same time being sensitive to, but we don't want people to walk away and be mistaken that this was actually how we passed And so we have another great story here, you know, the next section that goes into, um, you know, right? So Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, the halacha is actually not like Rabbi Yehuda says you have to completely interrupt your meal by removing the table entirely, right? Remember, they had these small tables and you would take it away. Nor is it like Rabbi Yehuda, right, who says that you don't need to interrupt at all. So rather, what do you do? You put a cloth over the table and you recite Kiddush. And then you basically, you know, continue your meal. So Shmuel has this like nice compromising position of what to do, right? And so he says here, right, you know, so we say, Eni, right? Is this true? But how am I, Rabbi? Right, so we have this statement where Rav Tachlifa, uh, right, says in the name of Shmuel that just as you interrupt for Kiddush, you also have to interrupt for Havdalah, right? So this has nothing to do with what does it mean interrupting? It means removing the table. And the Sotakamar says, no. Don't read so much into what he's saying. When it says mafsikin, it just means you put this cloth on. And it's interesting that they sort of like allow it to stay that way. So they're basically saying, no, Shmuel's consistent with his opinion all along. And then they still tell a story. And we know that these meals that happened in the Reish Galuta or were sort of, you know, uh, we learned in Brachot, they came up all the time. We learned a lot of, a lot from these meals, right? So Ravabar Ravuna, Ikale Levei Reish Galuta. So Ravabar Ravuna was visiting the house of the Reish Galuta and so he saw that what did they do? They brought a table before him so he could eat. And I guess since Shabbat had started, right? What does he do? He spreads a cloth over the food and he recites Kiddush, right? So he basically, the proof here is to show that he did what Shmuel uh, said. And then Tanya Nami Hachi. So remember, this is an Amora, but now they're going to bring a Brisa, which is a Tana uh, statement where it says, right? Uh, right, that the that we basically say that you can only bring the table if the person has already recited Kiddush, but if you brought the table before Kiddush, you should spread the cloth over and then basically recite Kiddush. So, you know, we come to this sort of in-between phase in the end. So even though we had the story in that you talked about of sort of not, you know, wanting, doing like Rabbi Yossi, and not doing like Rabbi Yehuda, right? It seems that in the Reish Galuta, at least, that at the end of the day, we sort of followed this idea of Shmuel, um, which is that we just use the Mapa, right? We just sort of make this symbolic covering, but we don't really follow either Tana. Um, and again, I think this also shows sort of, and we do see this a lot with Rav and Shmuel. You remember, Rav and Shmuel is sort of the bridging generation. They studied under Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. They do end up in Babel. And it's interesting to see that their customs and psak often do get held to be somewhat at the same stature of other Tanayim. 
Um, whereas, you know, later on Mariam, that would not necessarily be the case with. So what I find interesting here is that there's a little bit of, of um, peekaboo. Maybe that's not the right analogy. I feel it's like when you, when you come to light candles on a Friday night and, right, there's this tricky thing. If you can't light candles once it's already Shabbat, so you have to light the candles before Shabbat, but with the candles being lit, that's when you're accepting Shabbat. So we kind of, right, we, we cover our eyes and we, we wave our hands to usher in Shabbat after we've already done the lighting, right? But that, that covering of eyes, that is what I find reminiscent here because the, we'll put the mapa, we'll put the tablecloth over the food. It's, it didn't happen. It's not here. Nobody look. And I don't mean it in a, in a silly way. I feel like there's a true halachic distinction that is being made in like not to have to put somebody through all of the motions of clearing, but we will, you know, make sure that we all are having a formal distinction between then and now um, in this way that is, you know, literally turning our eyes away in a, in a physical way by putting the, the tablecloth over. Yeah. I think that's a great way to explain what, what exactly is happening here. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.